You are listening to another Always Moto production. The Always Moto Podcast with your host, David Hogan. This show contains information about injuries to riders competing in AMA Supercross, AMA Motocross, MXGP, Ozpro MX, and other international moto events. The information discussed may be unsettling to some listeners. It might be incomplete or based on medical opinions due to riders tending to hide the details of their injuries. We are here to explain the information and increase injury understanding and visibility for the fans. There might be coarse language and the odd stuff up along the way. If any of this offends you, turn us off right now. I'm Brighton Carroll, riding for Team TCD, and you're listening to the Always Moto Podcast. Hi, this is Dylan Woodcock, riding for All South CMH Stunt Flying Privateer Team, whatever you want to call it. (laughs) Cheers, mate. That's right, Moto fans. I'm not a doctor, but I am a physiotherapist, and this is the Always Moto Podcast, Episode 16. I'm David Hogan, the Australian physiotherapist. Welcome into the emergency department where we review all the injuries from the AMA Supercross uh, that is happening at the moment. We've just had round 10 at Detroit. We're going to be heading for round 11 at Indianapolis this weekend. There's been a lot, a lot of action from Detroit that has happened from the injury front that we're going to run through here today in the podcast uh, and keep you guys up to date with everything that's happening on those injury side of things. Try to keep you up to date because some of these riders just hide their injuries like nothing else. It's ridiculous. But anyway, moving on. So uh, this week, sure. Let's quickly reca- let's quickly cap up what's going to happen in this show. So we're going to do a quick Detroit review. We're going to go through some injury stats. I've got another little snippet of sna- stats that I've been keeping track of for you guys. That is a bit of an interesting list here. Uh, we're going to do the updated injury list ready for the for the indie round. We're going to have a little addition. A little bit of additional info from the Ken Roxon update, uh, and we're also going to have um, two interviews this week. We've managed to get two rider interviews. We've managed to get Doc Smith, who's a privateer, um, and we've got Bubba Pauly, uh, also Kate, uh, Kawasaki privateer. Um, but Doc Smith, for anyone who does, who might recognise that name, he is TJ from uh, Moto. Moto X Pod Show. It's TJ's son. Um, he's he's just recently got his points to be uh, in the Pro Series through the Futures program, uh, and he's been trying to make some mains. And unfortunately, the second second attempt there for him uh, in the Pro ranks, he's managed to give himself a mischief, uh, and he's made it onto the podcast. <laughs> well, well done, sort of thing. So, so, mate, sorry about that, but um, you know these things happen. That's what we have this injury podcast for. So that's that's what the show's going to be about. So let's jump straight into it. Let's talk Detroit now. What can I say about the 250 class? Jet is just on a mission at the moment. He's on another level. Um, Got to say, 
he basically has the ability to pull a gap at will. Uh, and when he when he lost that gap, he just pulled it back straight out again. Uh, like he just, you know, he's got speed to burn. But he's now three out of four races that he's won. So he's well and truly on track. If this keeps up, this could be another snoozer, you know, over the next few rounds for that East Coast East Coast series with, with Jet just, you know, m- murdering the field, basically. On the 450 front, holy crap, what happened at the end of that, well, that last five or so minutes of the main event there in Detroit, guys? That was insane. Um, nobody seemed to be able to keep off the ground. And, and for those, you know, big-name riders to be hitting the deck like that, that's, and all at once, uh, a little bit surprising, to be honest. Uh, but look, from, from Eli Tomac's point of view, might as well give him the crown right now. Short of a couple of bike failures or short of a major injury, he's got this thing in the bag, I think. Um, now, let's not put the mockers on him. Obviously, we're here talking injuries, but let's not wish that on anybody at this point in time. But that's basically the only way that I think that this thing goes any differently than it currently is, is if he has some sort of injury that prevents him from racing about two to three rounds. Because even if he had some sort of minor issue at the moment, he could pretty much sit out around potentially two and still be in the running so let's hope that that doesn't happen let's hope he keeps it on the straight and narrow and the bike stays running uh, and he has no issues when he heads to the rest of the rounds for what we've got seven rounds left i think it is so hopefully he's all good but it looks it's looking pretty good right now for eli and also on that point um look injuries are part of moto we, we get that that's our hashtag injuries are a part of moto but this might be the lead up that we need to see from Eli to actually go SX title and MX title in one year. Something he hasn't been able to do previously, uh, which would be quite the feat. It hasn't been done since Dungey and Villapoto a few years back now. Um, and there's been a lot more pressure on these guys to maintain that. Now, with these other injuries to some of these guys that have happened just recently, that might give him the little leg up. If he can stay injury free run this thing out with the SX title and have a good lead in into like a, a, a cushion in the points that he doesn't have to press on the Supercross all the way to the end and he can actually start some outdoor testing and get some comfort going for that early for the outdoor season. Could be a good omen for him to get both of those titles like we're saying in, in the one year. We'll have to see how that plays out. So like we said, what the hell happened in the 450 main event? Webb Sexton crash. Oh. Was that was that a brain fart from Webb and he just lost where he was at and thought he could triple when he should have doubled? Probably. You won't know for sure, but it seems that way in his, resp- in his comments on his Instagram about that was on him and all that sort of stuff. Um, luckily that Sexton seems to have gotten out of that okay. And when I say okay, he's still banged up and grazed everywhere on his skin and probably going to have a fair few colors coming out from bruises, but he's already been on the bike riding, so that's a good thing for Sexton. Webb, we'll get to him in a little bit with the injury list. Um, Anderson, holy crap! What was what was what was that whole section there? From the moment he he bumped down onto the ground when he lost the front in that left hand corner, he obviously took a knock to the head because by the end of that next rhythm section that he rolled and rolled in a bit of a zigzaggy pattern. If you watch it, uh, and then just tipped over at the end of the end of the rhythm there before the next corner. Clearly something happened there, concussion, whatever, um, some sort of head knock or balance issue. Um, but yeah, if he's not on concussion protocol, I don't know what will force people onto it because at this point in time, that's, it's, I feel like I've talked about it just about in every episode and, and w- you'll see why in a second when we talk injury stats for this season so far. Dylan Ferrandes, 
Another one that's, uh, you know, was a bit right at that same point. They were watching, they were doing the replay of, of Webb Sexton and the Anderson bit, and then next thing you know, there's there's Ferrandez getting his mechanic to ride him off the track, holding his arm. No video of him crashing because he didn't. He just overjumped or, uh, you know, cased, however you want to look at it, um, in the rhythm section and jammed his wrist pretty good. And it seems he's going to be out um, for this weekend. So uh, it seems he's got a bone bruise, which, look, bone bruising is quite painful. And particularly when it's in, it's it's bone bruising usually occurs when two bones bang together. You can get bone bruises in other ways that impact onto the bone. But in this instance, he will have had a couple of uh, two bones bang together in the in the carpal area, which is your wrist, uh, and that would have then caused these two bones to bruise. And then, because they're in that area where all of this movement's occurring, any time they're getting close together again, he's going to be in quite a lot of pain, and he won't be able to grip. He won't be able to put pressure on that movement, you know, into extension of the wrist or flexion of the wrist, uh, which is all needed for him to you know ride in a fast professional manner let's say um and so he's not he's not going to be ready for this weekend it's just too much for him now thinking about for and where we are in the season i wouldn't be surprised if he took the extra week to two because then there's actually a week break coming up shortly in the season uh which will be after round what's that it'll be round so we got round 11 this weekend in Indianapolis. Round 12 is at, at seattle and then we've actually got a week break before we hit st louis in april 9th so Given that he's got this little bump now, I wouldn't be surprised until, if we don't see him until St. Louis. That would make perfect sense to give him plenty of recovery time. It would also help him be making sure that it's gone um, because a bone bruise is usually about a four-week sort of thing for it to disappear depending on how big and how you know how deep, deep it was. Um, but it would give him the perfect opportunity to have that resolved ready for that outdoor season. Uh, he's obviously the defending champ. He wants to come in fit and healthy, and Eli's going to be coming in with a head of steam. Uh, so it's going to be on like Donkey Kong if the two of them are fit and healthy. But let's hope that he can get that sorted. And that's what makes me think you'll see, you won't see him up until that after that break there but i might be wrong but that would make perfect sense if i was in his shoes and if i was dv david velleman um, who's his coach supporting him i'd be looking at that break going this is a perfect window for us all right and then another one another big name in that in that uh, main event for the 450s that had a decent bang up uh is dean wilson went over it in the uh Lost it pretty good in the uh, whoops there and managed to bang himself up. Didn't He reported that he felt pretty dodgy after that while he was trying to finish that main event. Uh, but he seems to be okay. And again, he's another one that's been riding during the week already. So he should be on the line ready to go for Indy. All right, some injury stats, guys. We're going to quickly have a look at some things that we've noticed. There's been a few too many of certain things happening and we thought there's got to be something going on here. So we checked it out. In 2022, so this season so far, there has already been 10 concussions recorded. Now, I counted Jason Anderson's in because I'm pretty sure it was a concussion. But there's already been 10, right? In all of 2021 Supercross season, so all 17 rounds last year, we only had 10. So we're already there. We've got the same amount as last year, and we've still got seven rounds to go. That doesn't sit too well that we're going in the right direction with this sort of thing for helmet and heads and, and concussions and all that sort of business. Something, Something's not happening well here this year. I'm um, not sure what it is, but 
clearly something's changed um but we're, if we get any more of these things it might be a bit <laughs> might, might have to censor me a bit further on these podcasts when we're talking concussions but um but that's that's you know these protocols and stuff are there and in place it might be a time if we get this number sort of from 10 up to 15 or even 20 this year which is you know at this stage in the season it's still possible we could have that many if it gets to that point I dare say there's going to have to be some conversations with the AMA about how this process is being done and review whether they are doing enough at at the at the time that they're doing it and and effectively enough so it might be something that we'll see some changes to in the coming coming year or so but they might deem that they're doing enough and it's just an, an anomaly. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. All right, another stat for you guys. In So far in the season, we've had six AC joint sep, um, separations or shoulder separations or shoulder sprains, however you want to say it. It's where the collarbone meets your, um, your scapula, so out at the point of the shoulder. If the collarbone's sticking up in the air, that's, a, that's what we call a shoulder separation. We've already had six of them this season. And last season, we had nine in the season. It seems to be a common injury. Uh, it seems to, to me to be from the fact that these guys aren't wearing any sort of shoulder protection. They wear a chest and back plate, um, but, but not from the point of view of these days. Like these days, it's not necessarily armor like we used to know. And when I say armor, I'm referring to the old school ones where they had the big shoulder cups and, and uh, you know a bit more wraparound protection. Um, but these guys just use that front and back plate more from a roost protection side of things nowadays because obviously these 450s are throwing it at you pretty hard and fast. But there's nothing to stop that first impact or slow down or cushion or spread the force out when these guys land shoulder first into the deck and that's where these AC separations start occurring. And I don't don't know if anyone's going to do anything differently about that. Obviously, it's a freedom of movement sort of thing and they feel more comfortable when they don't have it on. But if we start seeing a lot of these things happening, we might need to see somebody do something about it in terms of some other padding that they're wearing around that area to try and disperse the forces when those crashes occur. All right, and 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 ACLs, it's the usual big topic. So far this season, 2022, we've already had five ACL tears. Now, that's two, as you'll hear later in the show, to Bubba Pauly, unfortunately. He's got one in one knee and one in the other knee this season. Um, so we've had five ACL tears. Last year, we only had four. So we're already in front of that. Uh, if anyone else does it you know, towards this middle part of the season, that's not going to be fantastic. But there is something that I noticed about these. And yes, Bubba's happened, uh, second one happened just recently. But generally speaking the ACLs have happened towards the first half of the season or in pre-season. And there's a theory behind that because over the course of training and over the course of a season where you're getting exposed to the load of the of the physical requirements of the, of the task, in this case, you, you get race fit like we say all the time. You got bike fitness because you're actually racing and whatnot now. Your tendons and your ligaments and your muscles all grow and strengthen, right? And over the course of a season, your ACL gets thicker and stronger. So the further you get through the season, the less likely you are to actually tear an ACL. So the early guy, the ones that happen early in the season are because their loading hasn't been effective enough just yet, or they haven't done the right type of training or protection, or they're just damn unlucky. But there's a bit of a pattern in that. So that's an interesting one. So there are five ACLs already 2022. It was only four in 21. All right, guys. Uh, let's move it along. Injury list. 
Injury list, injury list. We'll get to it. Here we go. All right, got it open now. So, interesting to note. Straight off the bat, I'm going to jump into Max Voland. He's been a bit MIA since his uh, opening round of the East Coast when he got that incomplete fracture of the collarbone. Uh, we're hearing that he might be back this weekend for Indianapolis. So, that'd be interesting to see. That puts him at about... What's that? Uh... Uh, hold on, let's go back to the calendar here. We'll work out a couple of weeks here, how many it's been. Uh, Minneapolis, one, two, three, four. It puts him about four weeks off the bike, which fits for that fracture time period. Now, he initially put out the update and made out like he was going to be back next week. As soon as I read that he had an incomplete fracture, I knew that if he got one more bump, that becomes a complete fracture. There goes six weeks. So he's done the right thing. He's obviously got some advice from a medical team somewhere needed a few weeks off to give it the chance to actually repair he's probably got a subsequent x-ray that says it looks pretty good now good to go so nice work max all right now cooper webb uh he's come out just recently this morning to say that he has got a hairline fracture of his second metacarpal which is basically the bone in his hand um and he also has bruising and a bone contusion. The bruising's up his arm. The bone contusion's in his shoulder area, so I'm assuming that's on his scapula, which was basically where uh, a Honda CR450 landed its frame onto him. Um, so that was probably where that's come from. But this, the interesting part in all of this, the hand fracture, a hairline fracture, is just it's still a fracture, right? They say incomplete. They say, uh, you know, hairline. They say... Um, it's like a, 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 a an incomplete or, or a partial fracture. It's still a damn fracture in your bone, got people. Um, there is still weakness. There is still a chance that that becomes a complete or a, or a, um, a compound where it goes through the skin because you have a second incident and it's already loose and it pops out. These are all risks that go along with these injuries, right? Now, Cooper has come out and said that he gets paid to ride, so he's going to ride, which is great. But how do you go about holding onto that bike that is, you know, trying to rip 60 squad horsepower or whatever it is nowadays around a supercross track through whoops with a broken hand? He's probably going to do it. He's already apparently done it during the week and training. But training and testing is one thing. On track under pressure is another. Will we see his results crumble from this? Probably not going to be as good as he was last week before the incident. Um... Will we see KTM decide that it's better for him to pull out and be fit for the outdoors? Will he get another knock and break it completely? These are the couple of factors you're going to have to weigh in to see what happens over the next week to two. If he gets through about two weeks without too many more issues, he will be fine and he will ride the rest of the season out and he'll be good to go for outdoors. If he doesn't make, if he has an issue in the next two weeks, that's where things might become a bit dicey and KDM might pull him for the rest of the Supercross season so that he's actually healthy by the time outdoors roll around. I have to wait and see. It's going to be an interesting one to watch that one. And look, keep an eye out. It's always a dead giveaway for a guy with a hand injury if they've got hand guards on. And they don't usually run hand guards. So I bet you he has hand guards when he comes out for this weekend. If he doesn't, I'll be surprised. That's a dumb move. <laughs> Chase Sexton, like we covered earlier, he's banged up, but he's going to be in for Indy. Jason Anderson, a suspected concussion. Uh, we expect that he will be on the concussion protocol. He should have been allowed to ride from day four. And, and day five, he's allowed to ride as well. Um, modified activities on the first two and one to three days. Um, and I found out recently from talking to a few riders... The supervised return to ride program that the AMA run 
is not as supervised as you think. They like to see you do the first session in the gym to make sure you don't have any symptoms or any, you know, um, re-aggravations of the concussion aspects. And they can do that. And I've been told that they will do that sometimes via just a, you know, like a, a Zoom course. So you set up your video on your phone or a FaceTime and, and watch you while you do it. And then they ask you questions during it. Um, but there's also still that computer test as well that they do before you cleared finally to race. And that's usually done on race day or the next race day that you attend. Um, but yeah, so there's some interesting steps there that go on. But it, it sounds like there could be some review in that process that it might be necessary. I'm suggesting this stuff. Whether AMA is actually thinking that or not is another thing. <laughs> Dylan Ferrandis, like we said, a bone bruise in his wrist. He's going to be out for this weekend. Like I said, expect him back around St. Louis. Justin Barsh's finger was a bit of an interesting one. Big laceration to it, seven stitches. Um, don't know how he was able to hold onto that thing um, and with his riding style. Um, but he obviously, he had the handguards on the bike last weekend at Detroit. Managed to, with all the carnage, get it on the podium with that finger. So he'd be happy days. Kyle Swanson, he's a privateer and a KTM. Got a, tib, a fib fracture in Detroit. He had surgery this week already in Detroit. We're hoping to speak to him sometime next week to get him on the podcast as well. He's going to be out for probably six to eight weeks, so that's probably Supercross done for him. Hunter Sales, uh, 85, number 85 on the PRMX Kawasaki. On press day of all things, uh, we broke eight ribs and punctured a lung. Now, if you break one or two ribs, it's, it's uncomfortable and it's painful. Yeah, don't get me wrong, but you're generally pretty okay. When you break eight ribs and you collapse a lung, your rib cage is very unstable at that point. Now, if he broke multiple, if he broke one rib in multiple sections, that becomes what we call a flail rib, and the rib actually blows in and out, um, separate to the rest of your rib cage. That's a bit of a medical issue. Uh, and and, uh, and uh, Hunter was actually kept in hospital for quite some time. Uh, I only think he's only just been released, so it's almost a week that he's been in there. Um, and again, we've spoken to Hunter. We're hoping to talk to him next week as well so again we might have two two interviews again next week we'll see how we work out and see how these guys are coping but um yeah not a not a fantastic press day for hunter doc smith who we're going to talk to later he's going to run through his injuries but he's got a metatarsal fracture uh, and a rib fracture but he's going to attempt to race indy which will be interesting Jerry Robin re-aggravated that AC joint separation of his from earlier in this season. He's been managing to ride through. If you check out his Instagram, uh, he's got some gnarly photos of a collarbone that is sticking up rather high. Uh, and that is a, an example of a complete um, AC ligament, a chromioclavicular ligament tear. So grade three. Um, potentially you might be high you might have broken you might have torn some of the ones that are underneath as well that help hold it down as well but because it does sit it sits really high um, and that look for guys for the moment that's the injury list but let's quickly touch on the Ken Roxon thing again now w as we went through last episode we ran through all those health issues that he has had over the last few years and how it's all compounding to be that Epstein bar just not going away and I forgot one section of all that too. He, remember in Salt Lake City in 2020, in that first um, seven-round loop for the COVID thing, uh, he actually got shingles 
Uh, and that's another example of this immune system just being depleted and him not coping with it and then you know running himself into the ground. And that's what then led into him not doing the outdoors that year as well. So there's just so much going on with his health. Um, but mind you, in saying all that, you then look on his Instagram and there he is throwing up the, the metal, th- metal fingers and um, he's out doing God knows what. Um, so he's obviously just out enjoying things at the moment. I have heard that he's been over in Europe getting some treatments done. Um, treatments of what? Who knows? You won't know for a while, maybe ever. Um, but he looks to be doing something at least. Still no word on whether he, whether he'll be back at all for Supercross. Like I said last week, I doubt it. The best case scenario is you see him in outdoors, but I've got a sneaking suspicion that that might not be as easy as you think. And that he might be just taking this as an out for a little while just to let everything get back to a, a bit more normal situation. And quickly, let's touch on it as well here. Um, Kyle Peters update. Yes, he has. Um, we know about the broken ribs. He, he previously was reported as a swollen hand, but that swollen hand is now... Uh, progressed into a broken hand obviously he's got some better imaging done and found out it's actually broken so he's probably not going to be back until after that break that we've been talking about that's uh, St. Louis uh, round 13 when he'll be most likely able to get back on the track Uh, and this week Freddie Noren is back he's actually back from his back injury first race back for him you know a couple of weeks so that'll be good but that's the injury list for this week guys so it's a bit of a list there um some stuff that's gone on through that is, is a lot that lot lot that happened in Detroit from that 450 race. It was insane. Um, oh, and look, let's jump into a quick bit of fantasy talk. Now, just a reminder, we've got the Always Moto Fantasy League on Pulp MX. So if you are a member of the Pulp MX Fantasy group uh, and want to join into our league, you can be able to join in again when it comes to the outdoors. The Supercross series is closed for now. Thanks to the, the sponsors of that um, of our league, Goat Brand MX, the best knee brace socks out there. They are providing the prize for first place. And then we've also got False Neutral Industries. They are a, media, um, a, you know, a clothing company, uh, and they're providing a hat and a pair of sunnies, and they will be for second and third prize. Uh, and we're looking to get some more things on board for the outdoor championship as well. So far running first, and it has been for a few weeks now, it's Scrub and MBW. Second place is MX Goat. Third place is GMC 230. And bringing up fourth is our is our next interview's father. It's Racing for the Sun. It's TJ from MotoX Pod Show. Um, so he's doing pretty well. He's also giving me a fair bit of shit about how bad I've been doing recently, which is fantastic. Thank you for that, TJ. Um, but who said you had to be any good at, at fantasy to run your own league? It's, you know, I'm 15th. It's not too bad. I'm, I'm actually on the back half of the board. But anyway, whatever. <laughs> so let's, uh, look, let's jump into these uh, interviews now. So first up, we're going to go through. Uh, we're going to go to Doc Smith, uh, and then we'll have Bubba Poli. There'll be a little intro, a little bit in the middle between them. Uh, but listen up to these guys and their story about how things have gone on for them. Um, some good information here with both both interviews this week. All right, guys and girls, now on the Always Moto podcast on episode sixteen. We've got a guest joining us to talk through his injury from the last weekend at uh, Detroit for round 10 of Monster Energy Supercross. We've got privateer Doc Smith. He's number uh, 464, uh, and he's joining us to talk to us about his injury and what his plans are. So welcome on board, Doc. Thanks for joining us. Yes, sir. How are you doing? Yeah, good, mate. Yourself? 
I'm, I mean, I could be better, but I'm doing just fine. <laughs> That's always a loaded question when, when we say that, how's it going? Is, <laughs> you sort of wonder what you're going to say. Like, is that, does that automatic response of, yeah, I'm good, come out? Or does it the, oh, shit, I'm on the couch and I'm taking some pain meds, come out to it? <laughs> you know, like, I mean, I guess it's one of those things where I, I'm pretty straightforward with it. Like, hey, I'm out there in pain or like, I'm doing good, you know? Yep. Oh, well, that's that's not too bad. Like, obviously, lots of guys are in in worse situations after they after they have injuries and stuff. So if you if you're not in too much pain, that's usually a good sign. Oh yeah, like this weekend, I saw people were leaving on stretchers, so yeah. I'm doing pretty good. This past weekend was brutal from uh, an injury point of view, and it's given me plenty of stuff to talk <laughs> oh, yeah. about on the rest of the podcast. So that's it's not bad for me. It's just it, it looks bad on the surface for everybody else. So yeah, yeah, that's that's completely understandable like i understand it completely yeah exactly it's one of those things for me like as a physio for myself like i deal with this stuff all the time so to to talk about injuries doesn't seem wrong to me but like obviously some people think that i'm hoping for people to get injured so i've got stuff to talk about and that's that's definitely not the case it's just that's just how moto is you know injuries happen so anyway it's part of the sport oh oh yeah i completely understand like i'm i'm pretty pretty much the same way because i'm in the sport so much and I've been around so many people that you see injuries all the time, but then I talked to my girlfriend about it and she's like, well, everyone's like, like you're hurt. I'm like, it's, it's normal. Like it happens <laughs> in this sport. Yeah, it's not normal for most people, is it? But anyway, no. so let's, let's talk about your injury. So you've been trying to get, you've only just recently got your, your, um, your pro license and, and your points to join the, the, you know, the pro ranks as such. And uh, you've had two rounds now, but obviously the second round hasn't gone so well for you in Detroit. So what uh what's happened to the what's the injury that you've got how'd you how'd you get it if people haven't seen your video on your Instagram they should probably check that out but uh, give us the give us the verb verbal update on how things are going. So I mean um, I broke um them I think they're called the metatarsals in yep, your, metatarsals in your foot. The foot bones yep yeah I broke my the one that connects to my t- my pinky my, my my small toe yep so the fifth metatarsal and, for those uh, at home it's the y- outside yes, one sir. yeah. Yeah, so um, I ended up, like, in – they changed the track between free practice and um, first time qualifying. And they said, hey, we, t- we changed the track, but didn't give us any more than that. And it wasn't such a dr- drastic change that we were like, okay, well, um, let's not go for this. So this weekend there was a double uh, – out of a corner after the big triple, you did a left-hand corner, and you went double, triple, triple, double. And I had already been hitting it. And, um, of course, they said, hey, we changed the track. We didn't tell us where and, like, everything like that. The face looked pretty similar. I just thought it was beat down a little bit. We still had the pop and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. came around the second lap of, of uh, time qualifying. After I passed the finish, so I was going to put down a heater. And, um, and I doubled in, went to triple, and I was, like, in the air. I'm like, that was not enough lift. Like yeah. we're about to case this. Yep. So I got my bike level, but my rear end was a little far to the right side. So when I whenever I cased it, my rear end shot to the left and there was ruts at the face of the next one. Yeah. And it pretty much over the next one, it kind of threw me into like a scrub. Oh, yeah. So uh, I shot I got I launched off that next one and uh I was sideways and there wasn't any bringing it back. So I built off the bike and I believe when I built off the bike. My foot hit the ground and then my bike came right behind my foot and hit my heel and just piled drove my toe, like my foot into the dirt. That'll do it. Yep. I think <laughs> that's what did it. Yeah. 
so the fort's no good, and and I believe there's some some ribs issues going on too. Did you catch those as yeah. well in the crash? Um, they're like they were. Um, I went to Asterix Medical Crew. Yeah, and they were. Well, it's Alpine Star now, not Asterix. My bad. <laughs> but uh, they were they were saying that it sounds like because they can't really X-ray that. They can get smaller things X-rayed, but getting they don't have a detailed enough X-ray machine to look through all the different bones like that and they're saying it looks like i may have broken two of my ribs like right there beside my spine yeah right so on the back side there yeah yeah yes sir so that's it's funny when i've been talking to you guys over the last you know over this season especially with the when they talk about getting the x-rays at the alpine star unit there it's it's interesting response because a lot of the times i feel like you guys are relying on those those x-rays but they don't they're not as um strong you know or clarity as some of the other x-ray machines obviously it's a mobile setup so that's um not as powerful and yeah that that what you just said there explains it perfectly because like that bigger area of a chest and and you got to get that penetration through from the front to the back to to get it perfectly you know a good view of it yeah you wouldn't be able to get that from that machine that they've got so are you doing anything like did you go and you know you're back home or something have you checked in anything out during the week like got any more scans done uh, I have not. I mean, there's not anything you can do for your foot and there's not anything you can do like where, where it was broken. So um, it was kind of like on the end of the bone. Yep. It's like compressed in. It's almost like like some like my bone just pushed into the end of the bone. Yeah. Yep. I, and um, and then on my back, like there's, you can't do anything for ribs. So there's for me, it's just like, OK, it's time to rest up during the week and hopefully we'll be good enough i'm gonna ride tomorrow just to see how my foot feels and like i can't breathe in too heavy but like <laughs> i'm not too worried about it um Lucky but yeah, ride tomorrow make... <laughs> yeah right <laughs> but uh ride tomorrow see how she's feeling and everything and and uh yeah we're racing this weekend so yeah, nice. All right. So, so when you say you know nothing, nothing to do for either of those areas, you're pretty much spot on. But like with the foot, are you doing anything? Like, have they have you worn a you know like a um, we call it a moon boot over here. I'm not sure if you guys call it the same yes, thing over yeah. there. Yeah, we have a we have a I have a boot on. Yeah, nice, good. Yep, yep, yep. So at yeah, least you're unloading so. it when you're not riding, sort of thing. So that's good. <laughs> yes. So yeah. yeah, I have a boot on, and then um, of course first couple of days i just iced it and then now we're starting to do ice and heat just yep. to get that blood flowing again yep and then trying to keep that that swelling down but um other than that taking i don't like taking pain medicine uh it's just this thing with me it's just i don't feel like i feel like it might hinder your your healing it and can that's how yeah, i feel it about can. it yep yep so um i don't i don't take pain medicine but um I'm actually at a buddy's house in Indiana right now before the next race because privateer life, you don't want to drive all the way home and then go. <laughs> it's a bit expensive um, to get all the way back there again, isn't it? So <laughs> Exactly. I mean, it's a 14-hour drive for me. Jeez. So, so yeah, it's, it's just smarter just to come up and stay with a friend in Indiana. But, um, yeah, so they, they, um, they're giving me all kinds of vitamins and stuff like that. <laughs> just to just to help with everything yeah but, yeah there's not too much you can really do for it no so have you, got a, it. have you got a plan for getting through like each you know practice qualifying session on the weekend what have you got an idea of what you're going to try and do between between each right each time on the track 
honestly, I'm what's going to end up happening because between free practice and first time qualifying, there isn't realistically that much time. Yeah. Um, but between first qualifying and second, there is. But pretty much, I'm going to try to elevate it and just probably ice it just to get swelling back down because I know as my heart rate starts going up, even I went and worked out upper body last night. I got my heart rate up a little bit. Yeah. And like my foot swelled up some more so <laughs> i'll have to work on just keeping the swelling down throughout the weekend or throughout yeah. the night you know yeah problem with the foot obviously it's the bottom of the bottom of everything so you know gravity yeah. is not your friend in that sense for swelling. no it not sucks. at all <laughs> now, yeah, the, my uh, favorite thing is waking co- up in the morning right now yeah definitely now how, how the ribs cope with doing the upper body work like obviously that's going to be something that puts a bit of pressure on them did they they cope all right you felt okay yeah, they they were they were fine. Like uh, I'm not having too much issues with my ribs. Um, granted, I have a really 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 high pain tolerance. Okay, that's probably I just, why. I just have an issue just taking super deep breaths. Yeah, that's so that's like obviously it's expanding the chest. So yeah, yeah. You, you expect it to hurt then. But it's not like I know a lot of people will have bad issues with it, where it's like super painful. For me, it's just one of those things where it feels like I'm just getting needle pokes in my like it's not even on my spine it's right to the to the right of it but uh yeah it's just little needle pokes on like on my ribs right there so that's not too bad then yeah you've got out of that all right most of the people that have troubles with the ribs is when it's sort of more around the front like the side to the front of the rib because that's a little less supported and a bit more exposed too like obviously on the back side you've got a whole bunch more muscles protecting the air and holding it together so it doesn't move too much but the as you come around to the front it, it moves more so yeah you probably in 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 the sense of a good versus bad type of the injury you could probably got the better sense better one so there that's not too yeah, bad I, I don't know i don't know about that one cuz like every time i've broken ribs up front i can always like hold my my rib cage a little bit yeah and okay. like i'm able to like breathe in for, for me it, like it's always been like cuz this one i can't do anything there's no way to kind of relieve the pain if i'm having pain with it with the front ones i could always like move it a little bit and i could be fine but here it's like it's just a little bit more on the though you can't do anything about it yeah right okay well different experiences i guess for everybody so yeah managing. (laughs) yes sir so the uh, interesting point and it's sort of the the physio brain jumping in here for me at this point with the when you're talking about the the uh you know managing the swelling across the day and, and icing it what type of icing you're doing just this is a curiosity from me right now so what type of icing you putting the ice pack on top or are you actually putting it in a bucket of ice you know i haven't tried the bucket of ice yet which would actually be amazing to do because uh-huh. like right now i have soft ice packs yeah so i'm able to wrap it around pretty much just the side of the foot that actually hurts and like it's actually broken yep so I can wrap it around the outside of my foot, like halfway on both sides, just to get all of that um, like swelling down there. Because like, there's not much swelling past my like my um, larger toe, like not my big toe, but the one next to it. Yeah, like my right. middle toe. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so I'm just trying to get the swelling down on the other side of it. Okay. And yeah yeah so so like you're not doing the wrong thing right like the ice pack or ice of any sort on there is is fantastic but what you might find and this might be like you can try this over the weekend if you need to but um 
if you can actually get a bucket with water and then just throw in like a handful of ice cubes in it and manage to put your foot in it and wriggle your foot and your toes around while you're sitting in it so it's submerged in it it's actually yes it's it's fantastic for the um swelling side of things but it also helps reduce the pain because it's obviously numbing it a lot better so it numbs the whole area um so it might just make you know between between one of those qualifying sessions if you're struggling it might be the the trick to sort of numb it out without having to take painkillers like you said you don't like taking the pills or such so it might be a useful sense in that one yes i'll, I'll definitely try that honestly i might try that tomorrow depending on how my foot feels after riding yeah cool but uh don't, don't put like don't put the whole bag of ice in there but you'll freeze that foot and it'll fall off <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, I think I got that one. <laughs> yeah. you, you've got to be careful when you give this advice. Sometimes people take it to the nth degree and you, you, they send you a photo and you're like, yeah, that's not what I said. <laughs> yeah. When the foot's all purple because it's been frozen. Yeah. They're like, oh off. yeah. Was an hour. The, was the hour what you said? I'm like, no, I said 20 minutes no. tops, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whenever I do like icing or even eat this 15 minutes on 15 minutes off, like, yeah, like nice. on the opposite, you know? Yeah, so you so you listen so, in those basic, you know, um, human movements and body studies at school. Like, <laughs> it's not hard to figure actually, out sometimes. Yeah, well, I was actually homeschooled, but my grandmother was uh, is still a nurse, and uh, I won't. I mean, that's my plan is to go in the medical field after I'm done racing, anyway. So, oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, medical side of stuff is I'm, I'm pretty decently studied up on it. Other than half the bones, I should know I don't. <laughs> you you might find out what they are when you you know in time when you have more incidents or your mates have more incidents uh, you hang around moto no, long enough you'll see everything that on any of us. <laughs> no but unfortunately you hang around moto long enough you'll see some weird and random crap that you're like oh i didn't know that was a you know thing <laughs> oh yeah totally like i i understand i think my what am i my buddy broke something that was something you don't normally break at all yeah but and I was, I was so confused on how you even, I can't remember what it was, but he just broke something weird and I couldn't, I couldn't understand how he broke it. Yeah, no, that's a, that's definitely a moto that's, story. It's either you had a massive car accident and, and, you know, the car rolled or you fell off a motorbike. That's usually the two, the two stories of how you got that because anything else doesn't make sense. So, oh yeah. So what's um so if everything goes all right this weekend and you manage to get th- get through the event, you know, is there was there a goal of when you were hoping to sort of qualify for one of these things? Obviously, you want to do it at the first one, but is there was there a realistic sort of thing that you're trying to aim for for this this season with a goal? Well, actually, um, me and my dad talked about it before we even started doing the future stuff, and yeah. we were like, hey, like this year is a learning year um there's no expectations i of course have expectations on myself but like there's no expectations if i don't make night shows i don't make night shows if i make them great then we'll progress from there if if i'm continuously making night shows then we'll be like okay let's see if we can get closer to making mains either through the heat race or through the lcq however it ends up but the whole thing with this year is just learning and um just getting my name out there and getting more people at the races to know who i am yeah, that's a, that's part of the trick, isn't it? Just one to be because a ride comes around from two aspects. It's one, it's from you know reasonable results, but two, also just people knowing who you are. If they don't know who you are, you know you won't get get the call as such. Exactly. Like, um, look at what's his name that just got on Star. Like you're filling right. Um, oh, Kyle Chisholm. Yeah. 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 Kyle Chisholm. Like he he's an amazing rider overall, 
but he's not the guy you would see getting on star or even being a fill-in ride. You would think he, like they would somehow pull like um, like Marshbanks or somebody over because he's on a Yamaha and has like their Yamaha sponsored team and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, it wasn't. But yeah, he had to ride because he's. Oh yeah, but uh, yeah, just get getting people to know you and stuff like that is definitely a a big part in the sport. It's all who you know. Yeah, definitely. And look, I guess the main part for you, and this is the, the injury part's probably hampering that, but it's all track time, isn't it? The more laps you can do in that stadium oh, yes. and, and understand how the, how the tracks are put together and that the tough blocks are there and there's, you know, 20 other guys on the track with you makes a big difference to how you feel comfortable wise just rolling onto it to try and qualify. Oh, yeah, because like I've ridden for the last three months on Supercross. Um, I'm just riding like regular, like, I, training on supercross going to the race you like the first the first one i felt like horrible i felt like i was still in c-class because i was so i wasn't used to like even though daytona is not a stadium you're still there and you're still riding that track and you're you're i guess you just forget to do the things you would normally do because you're so focused on hey i'm actually racing this race now like i'm actually here yeah, it's different, isn't it? You've watched it on TV yeah. and now I'm on the track and, and it just brings a level of um, <laughs> tension or anxiety or whatever you want to say to that. But yeah, that's it's just there. It builds up, doesn't it? Exactly. Because like, I mean, 2018, I was I was in C-class. Like, so this is, this is definitely like I'm continuously learning and, and uh, trying to progress and everything like that. And it's, it's one of those things you just have to take it in as you go and not stress about it too much. And I'm, honestly not doing a good job of that yeah well look it's it's exposure to the situation too a bit more time a bit more familiarity from yourself and it should sort of start to settle that aspect and at least at least just walking into the stadium won't be so nervous you know (laughs) rather than just you know then you can just deal with the track let alone all the other parts of it yeah even just going through having to go and sign up uh, sign in after you like for registration and everything yep just going and sign up for that is even after the second round, it's not as bad. So yeah, nice, nice. And I and I will say that the futures races going and being kind of around it. It's like you're doing Friday program and then you're doing Saturday stuff. But it did it did help because I kind of knew okay I have to go to will call and then I have to go here. Like it's not as big of a jump as just if I just jump straight in straight to Supercross. There would have been a lot more stress on that. Yeah, that's interesting you say that because the futures thing gets a bit of a uh, bit of heat in the in the other media sources about you know that it's a bit of a a shit show in terms of how it's all put together and that they shouldn't be there or they should or shouldn't you know. So from your side of things, it sounds like it's been a big help. Yeah, I mean, granted, the fact that some of the kids that are getting to race it are racing it, like I'm, uh, I and a lot of the field is competent enough to ride a supercross track and know, okay, I can hit this or I can't hit this and not kill yourself on a track. Yeah. Um, I mean, coming from the person with a broken foot, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah. So, but then they have other people in there that are not making it into the, like into the race because their lap time isn't fast enough. Yeah. Like, I, but I guess are those, those are the kids that the only exposure on a supercross track is literally when they turn up to that future event, like, you know, yeah, they're that's not able not to good. access a proper full-size track for practice and on the, during the week or something. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to guess it's what they do or they don't have time to, or something on those lines. Something, and those are yeah. the people that 
that honestly shouldn't be at those races just because yeah. like like it's it's supercross is dangerous for the top level riders and, <laughs> detroit and not to mention example. the people that don't know if they can hit a, a supercross triple so yeah it's mm. it's a lot difficult to see so we we like over here in australia we used to have um like oh and we, we we still sort of do but it's sort of gone away a little bit but we used to have on all of our supercross events you know back 10 years or so ago we'd have a full program and basically it was just every class that you'd normally get to a moto day was available to ride on the super supercross day except it wasn't like 65s it was sort of up from there um so we would get exposure on the tracks from like 80 cc's right um and and those kids would have to do a day completely before the event so it was separate it was like a training day and you'd have somebody like you know like an aj catanzaro who's a you know coach you know qualified coach he'd be standing on the side of the track and he'd be like yep you can do the race yep you can do it no you can't you couldn't hit that jump or you couldn't make it through the whoops at a reasonable speed you know so you got to go back practice these things and you come back in like a month and try again sort of thing um and that was sort of how we would weed out the ones that shouldn't be on the track and that seemed to work pretty well because then we'd have a reasonable you know reasonable event everyone sort of be on the sort of same level um but it doesn't like you guys have that qualification system or something but it doesn't seem like that's even sometimes on a full supercross track so that's an interesting no it's not yeah the the two i did so i did um three palms in texas yeah and they took their their night track that they have which is just like they also race like like amateur qual like loretta lynn's qualifiers and stuff like that on it too but yeah I mean, it has lights across pretty much the whole thing. So I'll just call it their night track. Um, they took their night track, added in um, a rhythm section that was very, I guess you could say half-assed, <laughs> if that's the word you want to use yeah, for it. Yeah, just, just then, not, then, not the scale. <laughs> yeah, then you turned right and you hit like a step on, like a double step on, step off, and then into the I wouldn't call them breaking bumps, but I wouldn't call them whoops somewhere in between, yeah. <laughs> but they were all sand. So they oh, broke okay. down ridiculously bad. Yeah, like so it was like, we would really like, we would really like halfway through them and then drop in and try to like, like triple, triple out or whatever we could do out. It was the sketchiest thing because they didn't just do like a futures class. And like, a, like they did it every, every like, um, class could race it all the way from fifties and up, I believe. So, yeah, okay. Yeah. So they're sort of getting that same sort of thing that we had, but yeah, just we, we would do it on the full on supercross track just the day before sort of thing. So, um, yeah, yeah, still a bit of work to be done by the sounds of it, but it's still, even like you said, just even the fact of going to the stadium, understanding where you've got to go to get your passes and rolling into the stadium, you know, doing the check-ins and stuff, all that stuff's helping you for the, for the main show now that you're a pro level. A hundred percent because it just takes a little bit of the stress away knowing like, okay, this is where I do need to go. Granted, it, everywhere's, every stadium is different. Like even Daytona is it's pretty much its own thing anyways. Yeah. But, it's, it's um, odd. <laughs> yeah, but it's still, it's still nice to come in and know, knowing, Hey, like this is where we need to go. This is what we need to get done. Cause even in the future stuff, you still had to go do your, um, your, your uh, Oh my goodness. I just blanked on it. <laughs> where you do sound tests and all that kind of stuff oh, like oh yeah, go, yeah 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 um, you, you're yeah. Um, tech spec tech inspection yeah yeah your tech inspection yeah so yeah you st- even for the futures you have to do tech 
so yeah, that was good. yeah so you're learning all that process of what's involved so that's yeah i guess that that aspect is probably really useful for everybody so you just understand what happens on the day so that's good yeah and i mean and it'll help everyone even the faster riders here are coming up like even rider and the people that are on the factory team that even know like they don't have to know where it's at their team is going to tell them where it's at but like it'll still even help him get through it because then he already knows kind of the procedure and what to expect every day yeah definitely oh cool so you back to yourself a little bit with this injury this weekend you, you you're planning to get there you're planning to do it who's helping you get there and do it is there a list of people that are supporting you and and look you might have already spoken about some of this for those that don't realize doc's um one of a son of um tj from moto x pod show so is i gather there's a few people that you might have listed there but give given another shout out who's who's helping you get through these races at the moment yeah i have a pretty long list of people uh, i have my engine builder uh williams motorworks i have my graphics motor uh, like moto graphics i have fly racing w wheels dunlop tires fmf um ktm north texas blood lubricants evs a all sport dynamics um shock socks guts racing um camera whole shot devices x-ring goggles of course the moto moto x pod show you got to have that in there <laughs> um and then um i have uh, two people that helped me off the bike. It'll be uh, Sean ha- on the bike. It'll be Sean Hackley and, um, and then Taylor Painter. They're your coach and, and trainer, I gather, are they? Yeah. One of, I, um, I've done a lot of coaching with Sean Hackley and then Taylor Painter owns a training facility down in Texas. And he helps me by getting me out there on the track and stuff like that a lot, especially for Supercross. Oh, nice. That's yeah, cool. pretty, where I've strictly been riding Supercross is out there. Wonderful. Because they have a full-blown track and everything. So it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's nice to practice on something that's actually to scale. So it helps you on the weekend. <laughs> oh, yes. Most so what, definitely. So is that is that the list before I cut you off on that one? <laughs> yeah, that's that's the list. Yes, that's, sir. Yeah, nice. Nice. It's good to have some of those sponsors there. You've got a fair, fair coverage. So that's good. So is the plan, if everything goes, goes to plan and you manage to get through all the ride and everything this weekend and the next few races... Are you going to hit a few of the outdoors or what's happening from once Supercross ends here? Um, me and my dad are going to go through it and as, as Supercross comes to an end and see what we're going to do. But um, before we even started Supercross, our, our plan was to do most, if not all, of the outdoor rounds. I'm oh, cool. still on the fence on if I want to do the California rounds or not. <laughs> but just because coming off of Supercross, I, I – um, I want to get some time on outdoors because every time I've always, I, cause I, I've done a lot of arena cross stuff in the past Yeah. during the, the winter and I'll go back to outdoors and I just feel a little off and I would like to come in and not be having to struggle to get into the motos. You know, I want to, I want to make sure that I'm getting into the motos minimum, you know? Yeah. Well, that's, and look, I dare say that first round at, Parlor's the first round, I think, this year, isn't it? So that would probably be quite so. tough to do. And like it's a bit of a odd track compared to the rest of the series anyway. So yeah, it might be um might be in the interest to skip that one, give yourself another week of practice and testing and all that, and let a few people <laughs> wipe themselves out as as will probably happen. And yeah, give yourself a better <laughs> shot at it from two or three onwards. So yeah. Yeah, and which I'm not 
honestly, I'm not even stressed about making the motos and outdoors. Like I am, I, I am very confident myself that I will not have an issue making it into the motos on even making it through the motos. Yeah. But, um, but I still want to give myself every opportunity I can to sh- show everyone the reason that I'm there. Yeah, definitely. You want to make you know? an impact when you do get the chance to. So yeah, that makes sense. Exactly. Oh, nice. So that's, that's the whole plan here. Oh, well, hopefully, hopefully we get to see you in some main events for Supercross shortly, or at least night shows. And then, yeah, definitely look for, forward to seeing some uh, nice outdoor results coming up here in the near future. But Look, hopefully, hopefully you can get through the weekend with the injury and, and manage it, and then things will hopefully just be on the improve after that because it's going to be sort of a few weeks you're going to have to manage this. But ideally, it goes smoothly from here. Yes, sir. That's, that's, the, that's what we're hoping for is just, just smooth sailing from here, no more injuries, and just letting this heal up as we go. Definitely. Well, look, Doc, thank you for the time today, mate. It's been uh, awesome to catch up with you and find out a little bit what's what's going on with the injury and, and your plan for this, you know, going pro. So nice to talk to you. Thanks for the time, mate. Yes, sir. Thank you, David. All right, Motor fans, that was another good interview there. We had Doc Smith. Thanks for his time and joining us on the podcast this week. Uh, hopefully it all goes well for him, like we are saying, for this week at uh, Indy. And hopefully he's able to ride through that uh, injury there with a the foot and the ribs and um, hopefully able to get it in the main, or not in the main, it may, well, the main would be awesome, but hopefully get it into the night show at a minimum. That's his first aim. And then after that, anything's possible. So see how he goes. All right, next interview, we've got we've got two interviews this week, like we said off the top. So we've got Bubba Pauly coming up next. Uh, he gets to talk to us about his knee injury uh, from uh, the other week and also that he's actually got two knee injuries, one from preseason. So stay tuned, guys. That interview is coming up now. All right, guys and girls, now on the Always Moto podcast, we're on episode 16. We've got an interview today with a rider. Uh, he's Bubba Pauly. He's number 282. He's Mad Parts Kawasaki, and it's sxraceteam.com is their site. Uh, he's joining us to talk about a couple of injuries that he's got, uh, and most recently that happened just before Daytona. Um, some of you might have seen his post on his Instagram about a knee issue, and he's here to talk to us today. So, Thanks for your time, Bubba. Welcome on board. Thanks for having me up, man. No, anytime, mate. Appreciate you guys jumping on and and giving us a little insight into what's been happening, especially when we're talking injuries. I know it's not a a um a happy topic, let's say. It's usually one that is a bit bit of a downside to it all, but uh, unfortunately, it's part of the sport. Yeah, man. Like you said, it's part of the sport, and uh, kind of had a different uh perspectives week after you know it's been about a week and a half now i've just kind of been like you know hey this is part part of my uh part of my journey there and you know it's what it is there's no changing it so we gotta make the most of it and can yeah definitely look like you said it's part of the journey with with moto it's um <laughs> how it all goes so um how, <laughs> so let's talk about that first that so i believe it's the left knee um you have it just before daytona there I, I, was it one of those um midweek races or something you had this injury happen at yeah there was a race over in tampa which is just a couple hours away from daytona thursday night it's called the pro circuit open they throw out pretty good purse money for that yeah and uh went over there with my teammate and you know we're just gonna get some gate drops in and you know made a little money great if not just some good midweek practice at least some good intensity so yeah. um yeah i went over there did the race and you know i don't like 
bad about it with the race. So, um, I, after it got dark, I was kind of like, okay, you know, this isn't the best lighting at this event. So, <laughs> you know, just play it safe, you know, do a start, do a couple hard laps at the beginning and, you know, just keep her on two wheels. Don't do anything stupid. And, you know, it's a triple crown format. So we got to the third race. It was about 11 o'clock at night and about halfway through the race, you know, I was just kind of made a little mistake in a corner. There's a couple 180 corners in a row. So we, uh, I checked up with another rider. We went back and forth and we came into the final corner before the finish line. And, uh, I went to kind of ride him high into the berm and he cut back underneath me and it ended up kind of being like a T-bone move almost, you know, I don't, I don't think it was super intentional, but, um, it definitely was, uh, didn't play out the way that I was hoping it would. So, uh, I, I ended up going over the berm and, uh, yeah, you know, we, we collided together. I went over the berm and it was just like an instant, a pop tear mm. it felt like, you know, plastic or carbon fiber snapping, you know, it was kind of the feeling in my knee and I knew my knee brace was intact. <laughs> so <laughs> it was pretty, pretty excruciating pain right off the bat. And I just, literally uh, i didn't even crash but you know i knew something something happened right then and, you know i stayed on the bike and just rode directly back to the pit leave my bike against the truck and fell on the ground and uh i laid there for about 15 minutes and yeah. uh leg was kind of numb pretty gnarly pain and and then the pain started kind of going away but i i knew something wasn't right and yeah. team was there and got my gear off and uh not good um so yeah that's kind of how it happened on thursday night (laughs) yeah bugger and then obviously it meant that you weren't able to race daytona and you're still getting some things looked at in that sort of window there we'll messaging and yeah you're still sorting stuff out beginning of the following week there so a bit of a rough rough couple of days there for you by the sound of it yeah and and, you know so like going to daytona the next morning you know i was i didn't really know what was going on obviously you know i was trying to stay off of it because it felt super stable and saw the medics over there and they were able to take some x-rays you know there was some swelling so they didn't want to do too much without seeing any images and Mm. um you know they could see there was some fracture at the top of the tibia plateau uh it was hard to see in the quality x-ray that they had there but uh you know it was enough for them to say hey you need to stay off of that thing no weight bearing and you know put an immobilizer on it or uh you know till i can get some better pictures and stuff so that kind of put us you know put us out for the race you know i said you know hey what's the what's the risk of running this and they said that's pretty high risk of uh, <laughs> doing a lot more damage so yeah, i went that's back a hard no. <laughs> yeah i saw a specialist on uh see tuesday we got back home up to the midwest so we were about 16 hour drive from daytona and, mm. um saw him and did some x-rays and he's like yeah you know there's there's not a lot we can see with the x-rays we'll need an mri so you know we did the mri got that order the next day i got the results and uh yeah you know it showed the the acl was a complete tear i had the the uh the front side of the meniscus um all the way on both sides actually um was torn and then of course you know that uh they call it like an impaction fracture where the bones slam together you kind of have a almost like a splintering type of thing so um the bones were roughed up and that was immediate concern you know the damage to the other stuff was done but um that that bone to bone impact 
the future. So that was kind of a concern. Um, you know, that was leading up to Detroit. So I, I kind of decision to make, I'll like take a couple weeks off, let that settle down, go back after it or, or third option was to, you know, see what it does when I go and, ride. and uh, you know, being a moto guy and, uh, you know, I do this for a living. Uh, <laughs> I was like, Hey dude, we got to go. Uh, <laughs> we'll see what it does. You know, I, I didn't push anything. I rode super conservative in Detroit, but you know, I lined up and uh, you know, I completed all the laps in the heat race in the LCQ by no means was it a good performance, but um, you know, it was, it was hard to be out there and not necessarily i didn't really deal with too much pain but it was scary just to you know not know what how stable my my lower leg was and knowing that you know one wrong move and it's pretty fragile and i could cause a lot more damage so yeah. um but it, at the end of the day you know i was kind of looking at it, i was like okay hey you know i i chose this route i chose to try to finish the season and uh you know that was the first step it wasn't the best one but um you know We'll, we'll move on and, and move forward from there so yeah well and, hopefully, uh, yeah. hopefully the um the next few rounds get a bit easier for you with it you know it should all settle a bit more and you get a bit more comfortable with it was it was it did it feel unstable or did you like tighten up the knee braces more than you usually would to try and hold it together for you for the for detroit yeah so i you know i saw uh doc bodner and dr ryman at the alpine star medic unit on uh saturday morning and again and uh you know, so they're aware of everything that's going on with us and the knee injuries and everything that we have going on. So, yeah. you know, they kind of gave me their insight on it too. And it's kind of the same thing that, you know, my doctor from home was saying. So, you know, they said, uh, they had a, they had a trainer there on site and he was able to do some taping with some KT tape and, you know, add a little extra stability on the inside of my brace yeah, or nice. down the knee brace. Um, I'm not a guy that shaves my legs or anything. So I got some hairy legs and they threw all that tape on there. So that, <laughs> that would have been painful. <laughs> so uh, I got back home. First thing I did was shave around my knee. I didn't do the whole leg. I just did the knee. Uh, <laughs> I've, uh, I've been there. I've done exactly the same thing. The legs are for me aren't exactly the smoothest thing going around. And I had a similar thing a few years ago and I just shaved that the knee section so I could tape it. And when the tape's <laughs> not on, you look kind of weird. <laughs> Don't wear shorts yeah. around the pits. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, they did the taping on that, um, had that on all day. And, you know, I think that added some stability as well. And, and uh, of course I have my knee brace on the, the uh, asterisk, you know, carbon brace. It's a great oh, yeah. brace. Um, it's super thin in the slim brace. So I actually wanted a little bit more. So I, I wrapped some, some, uh, I used like a, almost like a hand towel, um, like a cloth towel and I put it between my boot and the brace just to really get it tight and snug through there okay. and that seemed to add a little bit more as well um, and we have the uh, the buckle that goes from the the brace to the boot yeah um, that's the anti-rotation to, bit yep and uh, so you know we had just about as much as we could have going on in there um, nice. so I, I really like adding that that you know that towel in there to really snug up that boot even tighter but um so yeah it, it was like go out on the track and um you know see what it did in the free practice of course we do the siding lap the two rolling siding laps before the free practice so yeah. that was uh you know the first test and the second test was you know the to learn the track and uh, i just did two laps i did all the jumps i said okay 
you know, I'll keep it short for this one. It's not worth anything. And then yeah. went each time practice and did, you know, just a couple laps each time just to get the qualifying time, just enough to qualify. So, um, still yeah, imp- that was still impressive, man, that you, you know, you just did this only what it'd be nine, 10 days earlier and you, you qualify for a night show, you know, um, it's still <laughs> yeah, impressive. I think that was the ninth day. So, yeah. uh, it was, uh, I'll, t- I'll tell you what the scariest thing was though. So I was on crutches in an, in an, in a mobilizer until Thursday after. On it. So I got the results from the MRI and the doctor kind of told me what, what we were dealing with. And he said, okay, you know, wear your knee brace, um, just walking around, start to walk and stuff, but you know, be careful obviously yep. until you get some strength and get the muscles and stuff working back and everything and then obviously you got that that pounding um from you know just walking so you said you know be careful at first to kind of learn your limits so that was thursday afternoon we were traveling to detroit on thursday (laughs) so i took my first couple steps then and i was like okay it feels a little a little weak um so i put the knee brace on instantly that just like tightened it up like right away i was like wow that feels a lot better yeah yeah Uh, but still, I didn't didn't really know what we were doing, you know, uh, not walking all week and then just a couple of little steps in and out of the hotel on Thursday. And then, um, you know, we got to the stadium on Friday and that was kind of like, you know, the first test uh, walking around and uh, got back to the hotel Friday night. My knee started swelling up a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. not crazy, but definitely with some more just from walking on it then. And uh, I was a little bit, you know, a little bit worried, but getting on the bike without, you know, the only a you know really a day of walking let's take a couple of steps now let's go hit some whoops and see how it holds up yep (laughs) yeah and i was (laughs) like i was kind of excited this week knowing i was like okay hey i'll get around all week and see you know what we're like and gain some confidence stepping and you know maybe some twists and stuff and some light workouts you know i did stationary bike earlier to the 35 minute ride on there and you know just just enough to you know hey i'm gaining confidence in there and feeling some strength, feeling what feels weak. And, you know, um, so that was the scariest thing is, you know, I was like, man, I haven't walked in a week and <laughs> I don't know what this is going to do. And I got to go ride. Yeah. So, that's uh that's a bit of a trip, man. Like to, to, to be that close to, to just walking and then just go and ride for the hell of it. You know, it's yeah. On a racetrack, it's pro pro level. Yeah. It's a bit of a, bit of a big step there for you, but um, I gather there's yeah. still no plan for this week, at least to, to, you're not riding between at all. You're going to just go straight to the event and try and ride again. Yeah. That was kind of the original plan. Um, I, I might try to do just a little bit tomorrow. Uh, just again, to kind of build some confidence and yeah, put myself okay. out there. Um, I got a track here. Cross track here. So it's good. Similar dirt to Indy. So that's good. So, um, you know, maybe a little warm up and then get a couple of days of rest in again and see is, you know, if I keep the swelling down, I'll be happy with that. Obviously I don't want to, you know, cause any pain or any further damage, yeah, but no need to um, aggravate it further. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, just keep it short tomorrow and, yeah. and, uh, just, just try to be on the bike to gain a little extra confidence. Cause I, I really did not like being at the race and having zero confidence in it. So <laughs> Wouldn't have felt good. Fun. No, no, the, the nerves that would have been a bit, a bit there. So, <laughs> so yeah. what, um, so I gather you're going to try and just ride this out for the, every round for the rest of the season, the way it is and just, just make it happen. Yeah. You know, um, uh, at the beginning i was like you know hey i want to finish the season i want to finish the season and i went out last weekend and like 
you know, real half-assed performance. And I was like, uh, and not even that, you know, lower than that. So it was very emotional. Like it was hard on me mentally and emotionally. And I was like, dude, I'm not, I don't do this to go out there and just limp around, you know, I want to race and be competitive. And so, yeah, I was talking to my coach and, you know, we kind of made the decision like, Hey, I'm in or I'm out. You know, if I can't go out and compete and, uh, you know, actually put in an effort, then, then we're done. So, yeah, fair uh, enough. So yeah, yeah. You know, if I don't feel confident on Saturday, then I might, you know, I might just say, you know, Hey, I'm not racing today. Um, and if I feel confident, then I'm actually going to race. And if we, you know, push that injury further then you know, so be it. It's what we sign up for to race. And uh, mm. I don't want to do anything in between. So, um, that's just me being, you know, an athlete and stubborn, but <laughs> no, that's, that's fair enough. And you got to sort of put a bit of a, a, a little bit of an expectation on this. Yes, you're injured, but like, like you said, you don't want to just be rolling around out there. That doesn't help you in, in any way, shape or form, really. Like you might as well go and get it fixed and, and come back for the next time, you know, for next season sort of thing. So there's no point just, just sort of stepping through it and, you know, being at the back end of the LCQ or potentially not making them the, the fast 40 sort of thing. Like that wouldn't be good at all. Yeah. You know, so like I said, um, you know, I was talking with my coach and, you know, he said, you, you train at the minimum motos we do is, you know, 60%. And, you know, the other motos were at hundred percent. He's like, you never train at 20 or 30%. Like, you know, it's more dangerous to ride at a different pace and you're not used to than it is to go out and, you know, actually ride at a 60% pace. Exactly. And I was like, yeah, you know, you're right. So, yeah. but like I said, at the beginning, you know, I kind of had a perspective change, you know, with that and, and, you know, that kind of being like, you know, this is just part of my journey this year. You know, it's, it might not be the easiest way, a little obstacle or a big obstacle, whichever way you want to look at it. But, um, you know, the goal is to be in the main events and, you know, if, if, uh, get to work a little bit harder, deal with a little extra stuff to get there, you know, so be it, it'll feel that much better when, when we get there. And, uh, you know, I, I've made five, four fifty main events in my career and, uh, it's been a little bit too long since I've been in one. So I'm, I'm hungry to do that. And, uh, you know, I think having to to deal with something like this is just going to make it that much sweeter to get back in those main events and you know hopefully more than one before the season's done we got seven races left and yeah. um i can rest and recover this summer uh <laughs> we're here yeah. now. you're gonna you're gonna need it by the sounds of it so and look I, I definitely think that that if you do make one of those mains in those last sevens or multiples i think that first one when you do it it's gonna it's gonna be an emotional thing for you man to see that you've overcome all this stuff and um yeah it'd be pretty pretty sweet night for you i think if that comes off so hopefully fingers crossed you can get there but there's more to this story that we we, we know like obviously we're talking about the left side at the moment but you told me in some of these messages before we we um we got set up for this podcast that you actually did the the right ACL in the knee in December or Novemberish sort of thing before the season. So you've got no ACL in both knees, basically, mate. Yeah. So uh, I had a an injury um, five or six years ago on my right knee. It was a it was a pretty big knee injury. I tore the the ACL, the meniscus. Uh, I had a tibia plateau fracture, PCL and MCL. Yeah, um, the whole works. So, yep. <laughs> yeah, did it all. Um, you know, they went in, repaired it. It was a, it was a, you know, pretty long, tough recovery. Uh, they did a hamstring graft in there, and you know, I was coming back from that. You know, like I said, five, six years ago, 
and uh you know it was all pretty good of course you know range of motion wasn't as good as the other knee and, and this and that mm-hmm. yeah it never is unfortunately um, after this, that sort of repair work yeah so this um this fall in the preseason you know i was working with my my trainer and um kind of a build-up of compounding and just like you know my knee started feeling worse and worse and worse and it'd swell up and the range of motion would get worse and then i started mm-hmm. feeling more pain and then and then I, I had some issues where my knee would lock out oh um, yeah and then I would have some, some nerve pain as well, like up in my hip and, uh, you know, I would be able to control, you know, like going through the whoops, all of a sudden my leg would just be off the peg and I had no control over it. Yeah. Um, not fun. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty scary. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, you know, I was like, okay, you know, chances are, you know, I probably got a meniscus, you know, need the meniscus cleaned up again, you know, whatever. Yeah. So saw yeah. the doctor of december most of our preseason work was you know the hard work was done you know december was going to be a lighter month yeah going in to anaheim so you know it's like okay hey we got four weeks see the doctor if it's a meniscus they go in there clean it up you know i could be back on the bike in four weeks you know round one yeah, i said i'm confident yep. work's yep. done you know let's and uh go in there see the doctor you know they did some x-rays and like okay you know obviously now we need an mri so we did the mri and uh they didn't like what they saw. I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, at least fell and failed, which I, I didn't really know. But the meniscus was like completely annihilated, oh, and uh, yeah. arthritis was was building up in the joint, and pieces of that were breaking off. So I had loose bodies in my knee, yeah, um, in the joint, and then it would lock out uh, from those pieces getting yeah, in there. Catch. Yeah, the swelling was was just not good, man. It mm. was, and it was it was painful. And, and so, you know, so that the first doctor I saw referred me to, you know, a specialist and that's the one I'm working with now. Yeah, nice. And so he went over, I saw him and he's like, yeah, if this was anybody else, you know, could, uh, besides a professional athlete, he works with some other uh, hockey players and some, some yep. guys like that. Um, he goes, you know, if it was just your average Joe, he's like, yeah, you need to get that thing fixed. He's like, so your options are, you know, we could go in and do the, the meniscus and get some of those loose bodies out of there and clean up some of the other stuff now. And you could probably miss, you know, you're looking at that. It's going to be a little bit longer. You're going to miss some of the season. Um, yeah. And then he said, we do the ACL later. He said, or you can try to get through the season. If you get through the whole season, then we can do that one surgery. And then he goes, we're going to have to do that ACL separate just because it's a second surgery after we did the graft and everything in there. He goes, that knee is really rough. So he goes, mm-hmm. we, we can't do that in one surgery. It's going to have to be two. So he goes, you're looking at, you know, it's probably going to be a year before you're hundred percent after doing those two surgeries and getting everything wrapped up. Wow. So yeah, that's a long time. <laughs> Yeah. And I was like, okay, um, that's not ideal. If I do that in May, it's going to be till May. So yeah, exactly. Uh, there goes another year, another season. Yeah. Yep, bugger. So, um, he said, you know, but realistically we can go in there and do it as much as we can in one surgery and just skip the ACL and you can do that later on if you want, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I was like, okay, we'll do it in May and we'll go do the, the first part of it get it cleaned up get it working good and then work with the rest later and uh you know later on is being when you know hopefully i'm done racing professionally (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, Yeah. so 
yeah, that was kind of, that was in December. So, but I had a lot of swelling, a lot of pain and stuff at that point. So we did some work, some therapy and some other additional training and, um, was on a, a, a meloxicam, uh, and, so I got the swelling down, got feeling better, but he, he wanted me to take a couple weeks off the bike, you know, still going into the season to, to, mm. to get it feeling good. So we're kind of fresh start versus just keep compounding the thing. So, um, so did, so you, yeah, that, that's kind of what we, I was, I was going to say, so did you actually like one, you would have taken that time, but two, has it been an issue for you every week that you've been managing as well up to now? when obviously the left has probably taken over that focus. Yeah. Um, you know, this year the goal was, you know, working with that doctor and, you know, my trainer and my coach, um, you know, we kind of came up with the plan, like, you know, we need to stay strong. We need to stay sharp, but, you know, let's, let's not put as much ride time during the week. Um, just to make sure we're fresh for the weekends, you know, instead of having three days of training during the week, let's do one or two. Um, and, you know, I, I think that's enough because um, there's no sense of overdoing it. And, you know, one or two, you're still staying sharp on the bike. You can still do some testing and this and that and, uh, and you're good. So uh, a little bit different game plan this year, as far as that a little bit less time on the bike. Mm. Yeah, but that's um, smart. It's you're managing your situation rather than just going ignoring it and then you know digging a bigger hole. So that's yeah, it's good. Yeah, so yeah, that's kind of where we were in December. You know, we dug a big hole at the preseason. Like, Crap, <laughs> no, so, um, you know, I was I was okay with that. Um, and then had another little curveball that threw in there was uh, Anaheim. So I took a couple weeks off the bike. Yeah, I was working on strength and this and that and. And I went out for the first time practice and uh, I had a gnarly spasm in my back with the muscles oh, and low back. It's, and yep. I know what was wrong. I got a, uh, a uh, I think it was a Toradol shot. From, yep. The pain, uh, painkiller. Yep. Up from, uh, from Alpine stars. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I got that and, you know, that kind of helped. I got through the day and, back was super tight all week so it was a light week then and yep. then the second round i didn't have any issues with it and the third round it was 10 times worse Jeez. and uh saw the guys at alpine stars again and um they you know they're like well hey let's let's get an mri on that make sure you don't have any you know slip discs or anything like that yep. or you know any fracture compression fracture or vertebrae or something you know so um you know this that blew me off my feet like i couldn't stand like it was too bad yeah <laughs> so i was just, oh no you know so i get an mri done and i get the results and on the uh the whole like left side of my back um i had a ton of uh just like sprained muscles and tendons um and it was it was pretty inflamed um over there and uh so yeah they were you know they kind of pointed the finger that you know i was kind of you know asymmetrical you know if you will yeah twisted twisted up basically yeah dealing with the knee on the one side i was paying too much attention to one side and now all of a sudden i put a bunch of load through the other side of my body yep they were all pulling on each other so i was like okay so that really kind of backfired (laughs) yeah it's a common story but like you see that you know i'm a physio so when we see that sort of injury that you try to work around for a long period of time in a sporting setting and you try to keep training it's so common that something higher up or lower down the chain on the opposite side of the body then 
then is what screws you up in sort of a month, six weeks down the track because it just goes, no, nah, this is too much for me now. I've had enough, you know? <laughs> yeah. So that was, uh, that was the first time I had any issues, you know, as far as my back or anything. And, uh, you know, I was able to work it out. It actually kind of migrated by the time it got up to my like lower shoulder blade area. It wasn't too bad. I mean, I could manage that riding, but when it was the low back and the mid back, it was pretty hard to ride. Um, like excruciating. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, once it kind of got through there and, and everything kind of got, you know, healed up if you will and and it hasn't been an issue so and then of course you know then Then something completely unrelated i felt super good like dallas supercross like i felt really good like physically like everything and the next you know that week completely unrelated incident so one round out of (laughs) 10 we actually felt like we could have you know done something uh, something useful and then then it all stops again yeah, for sure. Actually, it was, it was opening lap, but I had just passed in the second in the LCQ and uh, just behind my teammate and uh, I got together with another rider and went down and uh, I still got up and I think I got like sixth in that one or something. I maybe. I remember so that I actually, yeah. For making it in the main after crash and I was just like, ah, and then that week and then it all just went downhill. So. Yeah, it's gone but, to shit. So, <laughs> so are we like writing said, off 2022? Yeah. Like we're just putting a line through it and we're just calling it at some point and saying that wasn't worth really having on the record books? I mean, it's not over. Like I said, I'm, I'm trying to keep a good outlook on it. And think we're going to salvage it, are we? Yeah, you know, if, if it ends up, you know, seven rounds left, it could very well be the best ending that I've ever had to a season. Um, it could be the worst. It could go either way, but <laughs> I keep my head up and uh, doing everything in my power to make sure that, you know, I make it something worth remembering, making sure I'm proud, make sure I don't regret anything. So, yeah, um, definitely. you know, go out and uh, give it our all and um, make some make some main events, hopefully, and, and then it'll feel 10 times better. And, uh, you know, if not, <laughs> At least we know we gave it our all, and and uh, you know, at the end of the day, don't regret anything, and that's kind of where I'm at right now. I, no, I would definitely say that last week though, it was a completely different mindset. <laughs> oh yeah, but that was you're right in the middle of trying to sort all this crap out, feeling like shit, not walking, and yeah, I can understand that 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 week, those few days straight after the injury are always the worst. It's you got to get out of that sort of hole and get far enough from it that you can then start seeing and planning and working out what you can and can't do but it always amazes me when i talk to you guys and you know you're, you're riding through injuries and and all of you are like no no i can still i can still do it i can still make that main you know and it's like geez man you, you got good out you got a positive outlook you know so you got to keep that because otherwise it's not worth doing yeah no doubt <laughs> <laughs> no that's awesome man so look uh, who's who's helping you get to these last seven who's what are the sponsors that are making it making this possible for you yeah. So, you know, we got the team and ton of people back in the team. Of course, you know, my mechanic, Jason, Jason Watkins, crew chief, Jake Price, um, another mechanic, Oriel Corlett from Spain, um, manager, Ryan Kuntz, you know, all the team sponsors, madparts.com, Jonesboro Cycles, Circuit Equipment, Numara Technologies, of course, Kawasaki, you know, getting us the bikes, getting quality stuff there. Yeah. You know, FX gear ls2 helmets uh t3 civil engineering top secret designs making us look good um you know ton big list of sponsors that you know you mentioned the website you can check all that uh, all our partners and supporters on our website we got some merch for sale on there as well it's nice. sx racing yep. so um 
yeah, we got a lot of cool stuff going. A, lot, a really good team. Everybody works well together. You know, my uh, my family helps out a lot, you know, with the team and, you know, helping the mechanics and everybody. You know, we got a track here at my parents' place. And, uh, you know, my girlfriend comes to a lot of races, too. And, you know, there's a, a lot of people that, that really help the team um, succeed. You know, we actually had some races. We have a, a Michael Mathis. He's a, he's on the headsets, and he's also our, our personal chef. He'll be at Indy this weekend. And, uh, <laughs> nice. He brings the food the guy loves to cook he's an airline pilot he gets some time off and he comes and cooks for us and um he's That's a big help you need to eat <laughs> yeah for sure when they, he's not there um we go hungry uh team face there a lot of times you know they feed us as well okay. um the afternoon dinner thing though um mathis cooks breakfast lunch dinner you know three days in a row for us so oh, that's, <laughs> um, that's super good yeah <laughs> So, like I said, a lot of people really help uh, make sure this this program operates. And, you know, when everybody's down, we keep going. And, um, you know, our bikes are just working amazing. Like I said, Jonesboro Cycle and Kawasaki, you know, making sure we got the equipment. And, uh, you know, MX Tech with the suspension, those guys are unreal. Uh, you know, we're constantly making changes, making the bike feel better. And, you know, it's, it's never ending as far as, you know, having that ideal setup, we just keep pushing and those guys are hungry and it's, uh, it's awesome. So we, no, uh, we really do have good resources and, uh, you know, a smaller operation, smaller team and, uh, you know, factory level efforts and factory level professionalism. I couldn't be more proud of the group of guys that, you know, that I work with. No, that's awesome. So actually it made me think when you're just talking about that, you're still set, like you're setting up the bike and all that stuff with those guys there. Did you make any changes or have you had to make any changes because of these two injuries to, to how you set things up? Like, did you change your peg height or, or, or make the bike a bit more softer because you couldn't take the hits or something like that? Did you do anything in that sense? Yeah, we actually, um, after Anaheim, we went, up we went a little heavier spring rates um mainly for that was to do with my back um you know i felt like i was taking such a big load especially i go to seat bounce to jump yeah um like man we need to i need to make sure the bike's absorbing a little bit more for this versus you know for me so uh so we did some work with that and then of course you know as that went away you know we'd make the change back and then going from West coast to East coast, you know, just, and that's every year, you know, yeah. a lot of guys are in one setting on the West and one setting on the East, you know, tighter tracks, softer dirt, you know, yep. everything's a lot different. Um, yeah. So obviously, you know, the pace that you're riding too, you know, if you're feeling really confident and aggressive, you're going to ride, you know, a little bit different setting than you are if you're, you know, hindering something and riding a little more conservative so yeah well that's what uh, i thought like maybe last week i figured you might have um taken a couple of clicks off some of these things to try and soften it up because you probably weren't going as hard as you as you were the week before given the injury you know yeah I, honestly like i was far from concerned with the bike like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my knee hurts i'm looking at my knee that's it that were, yeah if that were to be like a second round deal then i i definitely would have but i didn't touch anything on the motorcycle last weekend i, no, I didn't even honestly, i rode hard enough and long enough to put gas in it so i think my mechanic <laughs> maybe put a little bit in it before the heat race but i don't think it even needed it now the so, budget extends then you, you, the race gas budget extends for another week or so then yeah that's good yeah right <laughs> <laughs> that stuff's expensive no that's awesome yeah. man look i appreciate the time and, and you you know running through those couple of things with the injuries there and and look, obviously, there's a lot for you still to go through. One, trying to just get through these events and seeing if you can make a main. But then two, obviously, after the season, there's surgeries and stuff on your horizon. So look, we hope that all goes well. 
Um, but let's hopefully see you in a main or two or three or four or seven before this is done, eh? Yeah, I like the sound of that. <laughs> awesome. All right, man. Appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us on the Always Moto podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Perfect. See ya. All right, Moto fans, another good interview. Like I said, we had two this week. Bubba Paulie was just there. Thanks for that time, mate. Um, hopefully those knees of yours stay somewhat stable over the next few weeks and you can get through the rest of the season and have those things that you're talking about to get sorted out from the surgery aspects um, post-season. Um, clearly not doing any outdoors this year, which is probably unfortunate. I don't even know if Bubba actually does has done too many outdoors, but um, look, he's got a bit of a plan there. Hopefully he can get through that and... Uh, make the most out of what's left of the season and put it in a few main events for him. But that's a big show that we've had this week for episode 16 of the Always Moto podcast. Don't forget, guys, we want you tagging Always Moto in any injury update you see on the on the social webs there. Um, tag us on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, whatever it is you're on, tag us. Um, and that way we can see those updates from those riders uh, and put out some more information about those injuries so that you can understand what the hell is going on with these guys. Uh, like we've had this week with a couple of those reports earlier in the show, there's not too much information that comes out with that those updates from those riders. So tag us, we'll help you out and fill in the blanks for you guys. Also, um, be sure to be following us on social media, on Instagram particularly, um, at always.moto is our, is our handle there. Uh, if you want to support the show, send us a DM on Instagram or email us at alwaysmoto2019 at gmail.com. Like and subscribe to the podcast. If your podcast app doesn't have us, let me know and I can get it on there. But if your podcast app has the ability to leave some feedbacks or a review, please do so. It helps us greatly with getting us out to a broader audience. Um, so leave us a rating or a review, something like that. That would be fantastic. But that's it for now, guys. Thanks for listening. Check us out online. Ooh, one last thing I almost forgot. I was just about to run out the intro, out the exit door there. Um, we got we got some uh, T-shirts, some merch, as everybody's been saying these days. We got some merch coming out. Uh, we got some Always Moto T-shirts coming. So we're going to have from sizes uh, extra small to 2XL, uh, black T-shirts with the Always Moto logo front and center. Uh, if you guys are interested, they are going to be $25 plus postage. Uh, if you're interested in a shirt, we're going to have them in about... Probably about six to eight weeks. If you guys want to start, you know, put an order in for it, get in touch on the on the Instagram or the email like we just said in those details there. Um, send us a message. Tell us you want one or ten. Ten would be nice. <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll get you those shirts as soon as they're out. We'll have some images of those up on our social media shortly for you guys to um, place an order. We'd love to, for you to help support us. That's going to go straight back into the show so we can keep putting out more content and also so that we can get to some of these events in 2023. The plan is to use some of these funds from these merch sales to get us over to some of the races uh, in 2023. So we'll see if we can get that support from you guys and just help us keep kicking along. That'd be fantastic. But yeah, send me a message if you want a shirt, guys. Uh, 25 bucks plus postage. It's pretty cheap for a t-shirt these days. All right, guys. Um, thanks for listening. Remember to be smooth and fast because if you're not, I'll probably be seeing you right here in the emergency department listening to the Always Motor podcast. We're out. <laughs>